And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. Thank you very much. That's Barb Stout on the Hammond B3. Well done, Barb. Thank you. Welcome to Christianese. Barb, your talents for the kingdom, we appreciate it. Yes. So blessed. Yes, we do. I'm Dad Did you Satchoff. hear that her ankles got so swollen they split the other day? <laughs> oh, Is that man. true? They physically split? They physically split. You know, I knew there was something going on when the paramedics showed up, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. This is Christianese, of course, the show that, uh, well, we do a lot of things, Jerry. We do a lot of things, Dan. But among other things, it's the show where two Christians and agnostic expose hypocrisy, search for meaning, and talk about life. Normally, we're joined here. I just dropped my phone, by the way. That's fantastic. Uh, we're normally joined by uh, Brian Irwin, our stand-up comedy buddy who happens to be the agnostic in our crew. But Brian is not here today, Jared, and I'll tell you where he is. Where is he, Dan? He's on the freeway because he's attempting to care for one of his cats. Cats. One, one of his cats are ill. And let me tell you, Brian and I share something besides the love of comedy and friendship. We also share a love of cats in a fanatical way. Now, you're serious. You're not I'm saying because, no, like, no. you know, it's it's somewhat ironic to like cats, no. yada, yada, yada. But no. you're serious. You I, actually legitimately like cats. Let me tell you, I, I'm, a, I'm a crazy cat person, and so is Brian. So to, to tell you how crazy we are, so Brian right now, his cat is in, and he'll probably talk about this next time, hopefully, his cat's in, I think, in kidney failure and diabetic. Renal failure? Renal failure and diabetic. Wow. So he has an, basically an <laughs> ER set up in his basement every day. He has to, he has to <laughs> administer dialysis, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, and he has to give this cat insulin. And we just did something crazy with our cat a few months ago to save her. And she is alive. But we had to pay, like, I think it was, she's a $7,000 cat. Do you have pet insurance? No. But you've heard of this. I have heard of it. And I used to poo-poo it and think it was the dumbest thing ever. And now I'm realizing perhaps there is merit to that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, today it's Jared and I. And at some point we'll be joined by, and you can hear, uh, Jared, because you don't have headphones on. I do. I can hear. You'll be able to hear the door. Uh, we're joined by a, a friend today who is on his way, Barry Moore. Um, and Barry is going to join our conversation. Today. Say some good things. We are on a limited time. Dan has to get to a gig. And uh, if you're not in California right now, you might not know this. Yes. All of California, California is on fire, uh, quite <laughs> literally. It is horrible. I soaked myself in water before I ran over here. Is that true? That's and, good. Um, That's good. I like I that. I did. I arrived a little singed, but... <laughs> is that the smell? Intact. Yes. I thought that was your aftershave. Uh, well, that's that's also true. I have burnt for men. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was high karate. Okay. <laughs> high nice. karate. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, while we're waiting for Barry, Dan, yeah. why don't you give us a life update? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I this had, is called vamping, by This the way. is vamping. Yeah, I had a gig this week uh, working on a new show called, uh, I think I can say the name. It's called The Fix. It's a mid-season replacement show on ABC. We'll check with your agent to make sure that's appropriate. Yeah, we'll make sure disseminating this podcast, and, and we'll we'll just cut this right out. It'll never make air. Right no. out? No, it's fine. I'm not giving any spoilers or anything. But it was good. It was fun. We worked on the Disney lot and uh, 
haven't been there in a while, and they have a really cool new thing. They have this thing. Uh, it's not new, but it's it's new-ish in terms of the display. It's called the Disney Archives, mm-hmm. where they keep all of the secret things. Probably, I don't believe Walt's head is one of those things, frozen cryogenically. Mm-hmm. Could be. Might be. But there are other things. But anyway, then they have outside of this special area uh, where you have, to have special access, they have displays periodically of things they bring out of the archives to display. And you posted a picture of the Mary Poppins shoes, is that right? Yes, I saw Mary Poppins shoes yesterday. That's awesome. Which was fantastic. I really still, as a 32-year-old male, dork out about Mary Poppins. I love that show. What, I does, want that world to be real. I was going to say, does that make me like a weird effeminate lumberjack in some way? That, well, you know, the picture you posted was you wearing the shoes. That was probably You did look effeminate there. That's true. Right, um, right, 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 right. But, but the heels make my calves look fantastic. That's true. I don't want to dispute that. <laughs> that's true. Uh, now is how that about the you? aftershave you wear? Is a feminine lumberjack? <laughs> is, that, is that yours? <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah. All I need is a pink axe, a yellow bandana, and some tight blue jeans, and I'm ready for action. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Good night. This will be the last Christianese ever. We'll Gap, be fine. if you want to pick that up, you're welcome to. Yeah. Um, so how, how about life for you? You know, I had a very busy couple weeks at church. Um, but life has slowed down significantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can honestly say that between now and Christmas, I don't know that I have anything that's stressing me out. So that's good. I'm just that's coasting. Good. That's good. I'm really coasting. Um, I think that's really good. And I think in the on the heels of our last, uh, our last broadcast, the hot topic that we had. Hot topic. Hot topic. Um, I've had some interesting, interesting conversations pop up. Um, that if this this conversation we've been having with Brian has, has helped tremendously in terms of uh, kind of meeting people where they're at, but yeah. also being a little bit convicted to use a Christianese word, but uh, aware of the fact that I also have to be able to articulate the gospel yeah. and the message of Christ and who he is and why we believe in him and what, what we believe uh, the benefit is to yeah. being a Christ follower. Uh, in some of these conversations I've had with people, so it's been uh, it's been good, man. Yeah. Giddy up! Yeah. I just got a textual notification from Barry. He'll be here in ten. In ten. So uh, let's just finish. in time for the end of the podcast, everybody. <laughs> let's finish vamping <laughs> and um, and talk about something serious. Yeah. You know, we spent a lot of time preparing this podcast, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to pull out my rolodex of things that we need to talk about here. Good. Flipping. flipping Thank you. Thank you. Flipping. Right there is perfect. That, that good? I like that one. Okay. <laughs> Dan, what do you want to talk about? You know what? What I'd like to do right now is something that we've been planning on doing for a while. Uh, and this is something we'll do periodically just to check in. Because, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but we're living in divided times. And uh, everybody's angry with everybody else, especially if you go to the world of the Facebook. Mm, I've heard of this. I don't know if you had, because you're a millennial, you're a younger person, and I know your platform is probably Snapchat. It is. I'm actually not on there. I don't understand it. I don't either. Is that And it scares me. I think when it first came out, there was like buzz in the youth ministry community, which I was a part of, where like, (laughs) it's disappearing porn. And ever since then, I was like, well, I'm not going to put that on my phone. Jeez. And now I think it's been redeemed. I but I didn't read those news articles. No. Those newsletters for Youth Pastor Quarterly. Everybody, if you'd email us at some point uh, when we provide an email, which we will hopefully soon, uh, and let us know how to use the Snapchat because it's not We're intuitive. Curious, yeah. It's not intuitive. Now, your cat doesn't have a Snapchat account? Uh, my cat does have a Snapchat account. Snap. Cat. Snapcat. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and I have to, when I say that, I say it like Sammy Davis. Snapcat, man. Am I right? Who can make the sunrise? Um, <laughs> no, the segment I wanted to, to maybe tee up is called uh, Who I Didn't Unfriend This Week. Ooh. 
Ooh. And I thought, we're not going to read last names, but I would just like you to pick five names in your feed of people you didn't unfriend this week. And by the time we're done with this, the people who are unfriended will realize who they are. So the people I didn't unfriend this week are John, Mark with a C, Donald, Mike, and Brian. Not not our Brian, another say. Brian. B R I A N, not B R Y A N. How about you? I'm I'm filtering. I'm filtering. Man, one of them is is a name that I. This is the only person I know that has this name. So if they were to listen to be like, that's my name, you jerk. <laughs> um, filtering, filtering. Uh, I'll, I'll just do first letters. Okay, How's good, that? good. That's good. There's two people whose name begins with a V. Okay, who you didn't unfriend? Didn't unfriend. Okay, yeah. One uh, just posts annoyingly self-congratulatory things about themselves and their family all the time. Okay. And uh, the other one, I didn't unfriend, but I've unfollowed. Oh. Uh, which is a wonderful thing that Facebook has made, where you can still have the veneer of friendship yes. without ever having to be in touch with each other. Wow. Which really speaks, I think, to the degradation of friendship. Not only do we yeah. not talk to each other in person anymore, we have this weird online friendship. We don't even virtually talk. But we can actually hollow out the friendship so it's merely a shell of its virtual self. Of its virtual self. That is fright. Where? What is happening to the world? I don't know. I think it started with Snapchat. To be honest with you, I, really do. <laughs> I think that's where we went awry. That is so fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really the, the world of Facebook is an odd thing, and especially when you're trying to engage people. Yes. Uh, as best you can without being preachy and without, but but. In real ways, and also engaging and not just, hey, I'm not going to try to post, which I'm guilty of sometimes, just posting whenever things are going well, so it doesn't look like you're leaving, leading this idyllic life. Well, it took us a while, but maybe we've landed on a topic to topic about. Good. Let's talk about social media, because Let's I've had it. people ask, you know, is social media a good platform to share your Christian faith? Is it a yes. good way to engage other people? Yes. Um, I have my opinion. I wonder what yours is. Do you think it's helpful to share scripture to share theology to share your faith to share politics what do you think social media particularly facebook will say is is good for okay so i think that's a really nuanced difficult question but i'm glad you asked it jared i okay here's the thing i think it is certainly if you are a christian i think god's word is always a good thing and I think it, it's um, not, I, I think there is merit to sharing God's word. But here's the thing. I don't always do it just in a vacuum like that because without context and without a broader scope of understanding, I don't know that it it lands the way it should. So for me, here's my answer. For me, I try to share those things when it's something real in my life that has an application, that has something deeper. Like, for instance, you were with me. It's coming up on a year now when my mom died. Right. Has it already been a year? It, it will be. November 15th will be a year. Wow. And so I, when she died, I took that as an opportunity to post that she had died, but also to post that she and I had such huge reconciliation over our mm. lifetime. Yeah. And it was because of who we both were in Christ and who she became in Christ, and we were able to have difficult conversations over a long period of time. And so I was able to kind of post not only that she died because, you you know, there's a part of you, I think, that wants condolences and a part of you wants to share your life and and you don't want to feel sorry for yourself. But I was like, well, what's, what's a way that God might use this for somebody to ask me a question at some point? And, mm. it, and you know, so I posted it with she's gone, but I know in essence that I'll see her again because of her faith and um, – and shared as specifically as I could the nature of restoration that we had had between each other. And so I think in those cases, if it's something real, 
and yeah. something authentic, I think it's good. But I do think sometimes if you're just uh, sharing things out of context, I don't know if it's helpful, but I don't know that it's necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily what I would do. What do you think? Well, I think this goes back to even what Randy was talking about in our hot topic segment, <laughs> um, that there's no right or wrong here. In right. part, right. it depends on your personality and your friend group. Yeah. Um, so for some people, I know people who are very vocal about their faith and mm-hmm. have had good interactions with people out mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. either on or off Facebook. Yeah. Um, for me, I liken it to I have a lawn mm-hmm. in front of my house. Mm-hmm. Not a very big one because we're in California, but there is there's grass there. That's a platform to share things. Yes. I don't think it's a good platform. Right. So I don't have big signs in my lawn that proclaim any number of things that are true about me. I just think it's it's nice grass. Yes. Right? I feel that way about Facebook, that I have a platform, a lawn, if you will, mm-hmm. to post things. Yes. I think it's a great platform to post like, look at the sweet meal that I had. Yep. Um, or sign up for this event we're doing. Yes. I don't think it's a good platform to have healthy, helpful dialogue about worldview stuff. Now, other people might might have experiences that lend themselves to say that's not true. But at least with my friend group, every friend I've seen who posts something and it just devolves into this yes. ad hominem kind of thing. And especially, I feel like the time between like <laughs> the fluff posts and getting to, you know, your mom's the worst person on the planet is yeah. shortening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right. No, so that can true. happen in 45 seconds. Very true. Um, and I don't, I don't need to have those kind of conversations, right? right. I would right. rather have dialogue with people like Brian and other people in my life that are willing to talk about those things yeah. that we can actually go back and forth without calling each other names right? Um, rather than we just ratchet it up. And I feel like that's the, it's not the anonymity because you're friends, but it's the distance that I think social yes. media kind of justifies and rationalizes saying things online that you would never say right. to, to another person or saying them in a way you would never say them. I agree. I agree. And I think... I think to that point, one thing that is interesting is to try to think of it. Uh, if you do want to do it, and if and when I do try to do something like that occasionally, I'm trying to find uh, more creative ways or out of the box ways to do it. For instance, I've got a buddy yeah. who I'm friends with on Facebook, but we're also friends on Twitter. He's a comedian, and he will tweet funny one-liners. As a lot of comedians treat Twitter as a place to work on material, and right. it's a great place to yeah. write a, a joke. And I do that with my characters. sermons. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. I figured that's how you did this. And so I will, he, he will post things, maybe pseudo kind of joking Christianity or whatever, and I'll find a joke way to answer him and respond back, and he likes it. And we, we've had bigger conversation before, too, but it's a way to just kind of remind somebody, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I, can, I can joke with you, but also kind of get back to something that's serious to remind him that I still want to continue having our conversations that we have. And he's like, yeah, 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 I know. But, right. You know. Yeah. I think my goal in having, you know, the times that I've been able to post things and have people engage, my goal is to get them off of Facebook as fast as I can, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's let's have a phone call. This has happened a few times. And actually, you know, maybe to unsay some of the things I've said, I have been able to to interact with people in a way that, that kind of generates discussion. But my goal yeah. is let's not have this on Facebook in public. Let's not even have it over private yes. message. Let, let me yeah. call you. Let's get a cup of coffee. Let's FaceTime, whatever it is. Right, 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 right. Um, I, I think that just... That allows for better, healthier dialogue than yes. just a way that, that is going to devolve in us calling each other's names. And I think we have to think about, I think as Christians, we have to put a lot of thought into how we do engage in those situations too, because again, there's only so much conversation you can have in these limited uh, platforms. You know what I mean? Right. The hope is that if you do tee something up, you can follow through and actually have that conversation over coffee, over lunch, over dinner, 
um, and and further those things and not just have all your exchanges because I do see a lot of times where somebody's a bomb thrower on either side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe you don't know the full story. Maybe it continues afterwards. But a lot of times I'd just be like, oh, I don't know if I want that living out there all the time because I can go to Battle Mountain as quick as somebody else can on something. And the number of times my wife and I had had to look at each other over something and be like, I'm going to post this. And she's like, no, don't um, do that. And we talk each other down. Like, no, that's, first of all, it's a horrible witness. And second of all, what are you going to accomplish? When I've been asking myself, I've been posting a lot less. This is getting weirdly navel gazing here, but I've been posting a lot less. <laughs> just because every time I go to post something, yeah. I, I remember reading an article recently, was asking, like, what's the motivation behind you posting it? Yeah. And like, I just can't ever come up with a good motivation other yeah. than like, here's this podcast you should listen to. Yeah, yeah. Or like, here's this event we're going to do at church, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. like, here's this sweet picture of me on the beach. My life is better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be you. You're probably at work right yeah, now. Yeah. But like, right. look at this meal that I made because I'm an awesome cook and I'm better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not necessarily, that's not necessarily my inner dialogue is always I'm better than no, you. No, I get you. I but, get you. You know, just ask the question, why am I posting this? And yeah, there's not really a good answer for most of that. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think sometimes you can sense somebody's uh, motives behind things too. Like for instance, I've got a buddy who does post, he makes pizzas and he makes the most amazing friggin' pizzas. He's from <laughs> Chicago, so he knows how to make a pizza. Oh yeah. He gets all the ingredients brought in from Chicago and he makes them and posts these Instagram photos. And I, I seriously live and die for these, to see these posts <laughs> because as a foodie, as you For a are, long day, I like to crack open an Instagram post you, of a pizza. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's weirdly, but so his motives and his motives are always, I can just get this honest sense. He's so joyful in making that. And the fact that it came out in the crust and here's what, and and so I love, I love that. So I think sometimes if, it, if it's an authentic thing and it's not tooting your own, right. your own horn, yeah. you know what I mean? It can be good, but I think it's good for us to always be questioning like ah, what what is the motive what is the motive behind this because i i mean we're all narcissists at, at heart i mean you know that's as a christian I, I battle that hugely and as a performer i battle that because it's all about look at me look at me look at me you know? well i'm going back through some of my older posts it was like man these all have this weird ring of self-congratulation yeah. it's yeah. just really yeah. kind of disgusting yeah. no like, i know like it's look true. at this amazing thing i did because i'm so much better than you like <laughs> no big deal serving the homeless today yeah hey hashtag jesus is life hashtag <laughs> caring for the poor hashtag monday through friday yeah yeah right. yeah yeah no I oh you're it. working to make money that's fine i care for poor people in my job that's it's not it. a big deal that's i'll it. be in front of you in the line to heaven absolutely yeah no i think i think that's a i think that's a, a really a really valid thing to look at. And uh, yeah, I'm increasingly doing that more too. Although there are some things that I just get, but I'm sure that things are taken the wrong way too and that you don't intend them to be that way. But like, for instance, when I'm on a job, a lot of times I will post, I love to post things because I love Hollywood history. Mm. So I love, like if I'm at a soundstage that has a history that I know about, like they shot something famous. It's just, and, and it's not, it. Like I will rarely post a picture of me in costume or something like in my trailer being like, hey, actor's life, hashtag blessed. All the ones you do post, though, are pretty amazing. They're always you in some amazing fake facial hair or wig or something. But but like I love, I do love just because I love that history. And so and I've got some friends who will do that when they go somewhere and they're yeah. like, hey, this is where South Pacific was shot or this is where, you know, whatever TV or film. But that... Again, that just depends on if you're a geek like I Well, even the Mary Poppins shoes. That was cool. Like, I love Mary yeah, yeah. Poppins, and it's oh, cool. I, I'm never going to get to see those, but I'm glad you did, and it was cool to get to see I just like it because it takes you back to a different time, because we, especially now, we look at this time where we are so divided, and there are so many... Yep. Gosh, there is so much hostility and anger, and I know we don't like to date these things, but we're... You know, this week was uh, an election yeah. week, and... Uh, 
And so it's even more so. You know, and in just, Mary Poppins, nannies and chimney sweeps could dance on a roof, and it wasn't a big deal. Very true. But Bankers could come home. But there was women's suffrage in it. That's true. So there was some politics, but it was softened by the fact she could fly. That's <laughs> No, right? I think women would have gotten voting a lot sooner <laughs> had they been able to fly. I don't think... That's that true. Would have held it up. That's true. Yeah. No. So that was. Uh, th- yeah. That wasn't. That was. A, I don't know why that was a fun thing for me, but it was a fun thing. I just got a textual notification that our guest is here, so we're going to hit pause and be right back after these brief messages. Are you a Christian who's looking for a healthy and sustainable alternative to run-of-the-mill pre-processed communion wafers? Well, look no further than Burkholder's Blessing Biscuits. These tasty communion wafers are gluten-free, free-range, organic, and soy-free. And they contain half the calories of a regular communion wafer. So you can be warm and filled without feeling filled and filled. Burkholder's Blessing Biscuits. Available wherever fine wafers are sold. And we're back on Christianese. It's just that simple to go to the front door and let our guest in. The, of the studio. That's what I meant, of the studio. <laughs> All the way down uh, the escalator, <laughs> through the triple security levels. That's right. And the other security. The other so security our guest is Barry Alexander Moore. Jared just learned that. Just learned his middle name, so I wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> Barry and I have worked together for four years He's a good friend. He's a faithful brother. He's got uh, a unique background when it comes to working with a bunch of stodgy evangelicals, as he does. Yes. So he brings a wonderful perspective on a whole bunch of things. Uh, most of the good ideas at our church have come from Barry. Even that is true. That is true. Uh, which is one of my favorite parts of the job, is stealing other people's <laughs> ideas. Barry, give us, uh, give us a little, little bio here. Little bio. Well, I am uh, born and raised in Southern California. I am. Uh, I was born in San Bernardino, which a lot of people don't actually know. Californians don't know California geography, but San Bernardino, fun fact, is the largest county in California. Um, Do I you was, mean the Inland Empire? The Inland Empire, yes, Jared. I hail from the Inland Empire. Uh, grew up out there um, in a separated home. Um, parents got divorced when I was eight. Uh, grew up uh, Seventh-day Adventist, if anybody doesn't know what that is. I'm sure uh, you'll have some theological portion. At some time, you'll explain all the world religions. We usually turn to Google for that. Thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then just Google that. Why do it, it when Google can do yeah, it so well? It was uh, a different time as a kid growing up Seventh-day Adventist, actually, because uh, one of the tenets were you followed uh, a lot of the dietary restrictions of the Old Testament. Wow. Um, also, at... No shellfish? No shellfish. Uh, no pork. Although... Wow, Um, I didn't know that. At my friend's birthday party, I I would sneak a piece of pepperoni pizza I've never told uh, (laughs) my parents. Uh Uh-oh. So. Here we go. They won't know now because nobody listens to this podcast. It should be fine. So that's why I said it. Um, (laughs) And uh, sundown on Friday night, everything shut down. So we couldn't do anything. We were in home, in our home, and it was just a very terrible time as a child. Just... Didn't but like as an it. adult, that sounds amazing. Maybe we should pick That's up on true. some of that. Wow, yeah. Are your parents still Seventh Day Adventists? No. So, okay. um, so my dad passed away two years ago. He kind of always uh, held on to some of the tenants, if you will. But he he kind of left the church uh, shortly after my parents got divorced. Actually, and my mom never was really down with it, okay. which made it unique for me because I was never really down with with it. So I essentially, in my mind, I grew up unchurched. Um, I never really like drew into an affinity for Seventh Day Adventism. Um, 
all of the Christians I knew were hypocrites, literally, because because <laughs> we were my parents or uh, my dad was a pastor, and so I knew all the dirt on all the kids, and wow. all my Christian friends were the worst people, and I liked them. Um, <laughs> That's still true, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so it wasn't until I was a uh, uh, I went through. Um, High school, got kind of affiliated with gang life. I uh, was never officially a part of a gang, but lots of my friends were um, making poor, foolish choices. Um, and then when I was 17, I started going to this uh, Friday night Bible study. My sister actually started going to first, and um, I saw her life kind of change. And for me, it was it was Little Wayne and alcohol. Those kind of uh, yeah. uh, left her life, and that was weird to me, and I started... Um, uh, just kind of noticing that, and I, I went to this Bible study that she had been inviting me to for several months, but wow. I would tell her no, um, and eventually wow. just, I don't know why, but I, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, she's getting ready to go, by this time she stopped uh, asking me if I wanted to go, and um, I was like, where are you going? She like, I knew where she was going, and she told me, and I was like, can I tag along or whatever, and she was like, yeah, so I went, and uh, I don't know, I heard the gospel hundreds of times to that point, yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, I walked into that church that night, and all of it made sense. And my friends Kermit and Jonathan, Kermit like the frog, yeah. Uh, he, they were doing a series called "Saved or Played," and I, I guess that series just really resonated with me because it was: Are you are you really a Christian? Are you playing yourself into thinking you are? Wow. And I took a step back after just listening to what they were sharing, and and I was like, yeah. I'm I'm playing myself here, guys, and um, wow! I just remember going home that night. I didn't say anything there. Um, I went home that night, and I just like started crying. Um, and How over seventeen, so it was my my senior year of high school, and uh, yeah, went home just crying over and just kept repeating for I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I like fell asleep saying that. Wow. Um, a few years later, I'm telling this story to a friend and he, he asked me, okay, that was Friday night. Like what was Saturday like for you? Um, and no one had ever asked me to that point, that question. And, and I, I like took a moment to think about it cause no one asked me. And I, I, the only thing I could think to tell him was I wasn't angry anymore. Um, I wow. didn't take, I just didn't feel this angst of anger anymore, um, which I kind of just walked around with it all the time beforehand. Um, and so, yeah, just got connected with Jonathan and Kermit at their little 15 person church, six of which were Kermit, Jonathan and their family. <laughs> no way. Yep. <laughs> was this in San Bernardino? This was in Fontana, which okay. is just oh, yeah. a stone's throw away. Well, the racetrack. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and so got connected with them, very thankful for them and the way that they kind of, uh, you know, just took me under their wing, so to speak, and let wow. me eat their, their food in their house. And, uh, it was, it was a good time. That's very cool. I'm so glad we got you on because we I looked on our schedule. We were supposed to have Barry in December is when we we're going to do it. But I'm glad we had you now because we're going to need a lot more conversations to. Yeah, this is the first of at least two appearances. Well, at least two. Contractually. Least. I'll have to talk to your agent yep. first. I will I will connect my people we with your people. We can talk uh, residuals too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I need those dividends. That's interesting. You mentioned Little Wayne. Little Wayne and alcohol. alcohol. That's... um. Isn't that your meditation relaxation book? Title? It, it is. Well, it's it's yeah. It's it. The publisher has not signed off on that title completely right. yet yeah. because we have to. We have some issues licensing right. wise with Little Wayne. Well, that's that's the sequel to your first book, Gin and Juice. Right, 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 right. Which was you know which sold pretty well. I was really yeah. I was really happy with it overall it because yeah. as a, a translucent white guy. <laughs> Uh, it, it basically, you know, it's, was very authentic. Reaching the audience, you want to reach Can't see Dan from space and me <laughs> yeah, It's <as> well. very <laughs> true. So, um, in the time we have left here, Barry and I, uh, let me rephrase that. Barry's been immensely helpful to a bunch of us over at Grace in helping us think through 
ethnocentrism mm. uh, or perspectivism. Um, most of us who work at church, as in many evangelical churches, but not all, but many evangelical churches are primarily of the Caucasian persuasion. And so even as race has kind of predominated in the news, uh, we've had some really helpful conversations that have forced us to think outside of our own perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to talk to you about that, not, not even necessarily talking about race, but more just broadly about ethnocentrism and the way we all just naturally assume that the way we look at the world directly correlates to reality. Give us a little spiel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think that's a great, I think it's a great conversation because sometimes you can get into the, the race conversation and you, you end up immediately jumping into the deep end and everybody has an right. opinion, some more informed than, than others. But I think if you can pull back and, and talk about ethnocentrism and if you're honest with yourself, everybody is ethnocentric Absolutely. that is you, regardless of race it doesn't matter where culture. you are yeah. you think the way that you grew up uh cooking bread was the right way to do it right um and 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 so i think it's one of those things where if you start there you kind of pull back and realize that all of us have these cultural lenses that we see things through how could we not right right and i mean i think you know all of us are married and so you get married and you right. you walk into a marriage and you realize like oh why <laughs> why do you do that yes and it's just baffling that you would you would leave uh your socks unsalted uh, on, butter, huh? come on yeah that's just a, a, a reality that makes, sense. that makes a ton of sense we'll just salt our own butter butter on your spaghetti what <laughs> <laughs> and so i think i think ethnocentrism when you can get there if you can start there at least having us honest conversation with someone and realize okay there are things that i think my lens my cultural perspective deems as correct um as the right way to do something um, then you're easy. It's easier to have a conversation with someone. Um, in my experience, as I'm having a conversation, as I'm having conversations with people, where I'm having to convince them that they have a worldview and a perception of their culture, their ethnicity that they have deemed as as the right application, mm-hmm. um, it's harder to move forward in the conversation. But I think I think when it comes to church, um, I think something that's hard for a lot of uh, modern evangelicals to um, accept and even some of them don't really want to wrestle with it is that the there is a Christian heritage in America that is steeped in ethnocentrism mm-hmm. um, that that uh, the establishing of the Americas was steeped in ethnocentrism, mm-hmm. even down to you know the the missions being here in California. You can run up the coast and see all the missions. Um, the the lens was through an ethnocentric lens sure. that that these Spaniards and and the if you go down to South America the Portuguese they had this right Christian religion and they were bringing that to the heathen world um, and I can get into we can go deep into even even that word heathen right like that mm-hmm. word heathen was a word that categorized someone as being um, less than human and therefore their land could be discovered or taken. And that's rooted in, in church history. Um, that's not just like some weird pagan guys that like wrote that, like that's written in the annals of church history. Um, and so I think, I think kind of just coming from that reality that, that America has a lot of, um, American Christianity has a lot of ethnocentric baggage. Um, if that's a conversation that we can kind of jump that hurdle, then it's easier to kind of continue moving forward. Um, but yeah, I think ethnocentrism is is a few things. One, it's something that you don't necessarily need to apologize for. Like you don't have to feel bad that you grew up in a culture and you yes. did things certain ways. And I think sometimes on the on the other side of the conversation, someone who's trying to help someone understand that they sometimes can come from the uh, or have the attitude that 
you're wrong for have for being ethnocentric. But right, right. I think at the end of the day, everybody is ethnocentric. Yeah. It's not something that we have to apologize for, um, but it is something you have to be aware of. Yeah. Um, and and I think the more you can be aware of your ethnocentrism, the easier it is for you to actually lean in and understand other people. So you have conversations and you say, hey, help me understand why you do that. I've, n- I've never seen that before. And you can ask those questions in ways that aren't accusatory or uh, science project-ish. Yes. They are not your <laughs> hypothesis uh, I've read about you people yes. yeah yeah um, and 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 I think sometimes it's it, it comes across that way and we don't really mean it to be that way and and so again on the you re, the receiving side of that kind of accusatory question you you could shower people with a little bit of grace but um, but I think coming from the the reality that everybody is ethnocentric and and that is okay to a point the the line where you cross over ethnocentrism being being wrong is when you start to force that on other people mm-hmm. um, where and so even if to let's draw the analogy of marriage right if if my wife puts unmatched socks on top of the the dryer which she does and I put unmatched socks in my my dresser drawer until I find the brother that he's long lost um, yeah. If I, I don't, I don't just assert my worldview on her and and start, you know, uh, berating her with harsh words and saying you're crazy, you're wrong. Why would you ever do this? Right. Uh, help me understand. Why do you put the sock on the dryer? Right. I find out that's what her mom did. That's what they did in their house. That was just where they put the socks. I then have a softer heart towards understanding why she does that. And then in the context of a marriage relationship, I can say, okay, can we make a compromise if you're dealing with your socks? Right. I'll leave them here. Right. Can you put right, my right. sock or whatever it is? And I think that's just to interject and slow down a little bit. I yeah. Think that's important uh, to remember or really to distinguish the difference between different and wrong. Yes. And I think yeah. Especially in our theological tribe. Yes. There is this direct correlation, which is really an, an epistemological issue. There's a direct correlation between what I think about the world and how the world actually is. Yes. And there's not this mental space that we should have where I see the world this way that does not directly correlate to reality, or I believe that this is right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, when I was in seminary, my professor kind of gave us this pyramid or this hierarchy of belief that there are some things that you should be willing to die for that shouldn't be a huge category, right? And you kind of work your way up. There's things that we'll fight for. There's things we'll argue for. There's things we'll discuss. And there's yep. things that, you know, what... Did he steal from Maslow? Was that... His, yeah, that's a different... Okay, sorry. Different side, side track, side track, side track. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but I think for a lot of us, we put almost everything we think about everything in the I will stab you for this totally. category. Yeah. So yeah. which means then when I interact with somebody of a different yes. culture than, than mine... I, I have to fight them because this isn't just a secondary, tertiary, quartiary, quintiary issue. It's a this is a gospel primary. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think for for believers that's hard, right? So so because we do have a a uh, bandwidth of things that are I will stab you. Well, we we shouldn't stab people, but uh, no, thank you, Barry. Thank sometimes. you for that. Yeah. In the realm of, of it being serious, um, it, it means more. It's more is at stake if we if we lose it. But I think yes. I think the fact that we have that foundation makes us more susceptible to adding more things into that category, and mm-hmm. that spills over into cultural things, right? So yes. clapping your hands in church is wrong, right? Um, right. Or yeah. you know playing the drums is wrong, or having a tambourine you know, I, yeah i missed i missed old black grandma in the front row with the tambourine Absolutely. that's another never mind me too <laughs> sidetrack that was sidetrack <laughs> wow. your old black grandma old black grandma i had a nickel for every time jared <laughs> you know, said that we think about um 
the way we think about the Bible, the way we think about theology, the way we think about communicating that, right? In a Western society, we think very linearly. Yeah. In Eastern societies and others, they think more in a circular way, right? So if you were to take two systematic theologies from two radically different perspectives that are articulating the same theology, they're going to mm-hmm. articulate it differently. Right, yes. And it, from our camp or our tribe, oftentimes we'll, we'll throw some condemnatory shade that they have thought differently than we right. Or even when it, when it comes to preaching and teaching God's Word, right? Yeah. We right. would say we believe in expository preaching, which is the, the point of the passage is the point of the sermon. You go to a, a Haitian context, right. they think in story. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think I've shared this here before, that when I was in Haiti last November, I bombed in the one sermon I got to give. I mean, it would Doesn't have done well me. in the States. I've used it here. <laughs> <laughs> like, they all just stared at me like, you're an idiot, please stop talking. And yeah. then... Yeah. My, a guy who worked for me, Josiah, got up and just told stories the whole time, and they were like literally on their feet. Really? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Deeply yeah. humiliating, but it was a good reminder. Like, he articulated the same theology I did. Yes. He just articulated it in a way that resonated with their culture. Right. And I had come into this thinking that my way of articulating was better. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, so if we pull scripture, right? Like Paul talking about him being all things to all men, mm-hmm. but Jesus even did that that as well, right? Sure. He didn't speak to the woman at the well the same way he right. spoke to Nicodemus, uh, yeah. the same way he spoke to the, to the disciples. Right. Um, and I think the more we can uh, kind of lower our ethnocentric guard, mm-hmm. the easier we can... Uh, step into someone's worldview, someone's perspective, someone's someone else's ethnocentrism, and understand it in a way that resonates with them. Um, there's a book that I was telling Dan about recently yeah. by Willie James Jennings, um, and yeah. he has a book called uh, The Christian Imagination. But he has this idea yeah. of space in it, and 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 talking about how can you enter into someone's space um, to understand it so you can better minister to them, um, better understand them so you can reach them. Right. Um, And I think the, the better we can do that, the, the, I mean, one, I think just the happier you're going to be. And the the less kind of, you know, uh, angry and and snooty you're going to be. And people are going to like you more. I think self-righteous. You can't be self-righteous if you you admit on the front end that everything I think about everything isn't right. 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 And and to not be afraid of that admission, because I do think a lot of times it's just we're, we're, first of all, we're afraid to enter into these conversations, I think, because we're going to either offend somebody or we're going to be castigated for being wrong, like you said. Right. But I think- Or compromising. Or compromising. But I think it's good, not only in the context within the body of believers, but, you know, this show is kind of also, we're trying to reach outside and have broader conversations. I think it further helps contextualize Christian, you know, Christian faith to people outside, because uh, what we're talking about now also is very much at the intersection of what we're talking about as a culture right now, too. And so, I mean, I think just in that, like, principially yes um that welcome to the big words podcast that works on the other side of the conversation as well so i'm talking to somebody who's a non-christian don't don't just be angry with me because you don't get my worldview but but lean in ask me the ask me questions help help you understand yes um and and hopefully i'm doing the same things that that we at least understand where each other are coming from at the end of the day i might go home and make my rice the same way that i made my rice all the time and not take your your recipe but um but we started a conversation we started the conversation and that's why i'd love to have you back when brian is here too because a lot of the issues we end up talking about you know go from everything from politics to culture to and i think that's one of the 
the things that we've had the conversation before, because I think for a lot of people who are not believers, they look at everything that we're talking about in in very much, well, this is good for Christians, but it's not, it, it doesn't have any broader application. And one of the things where Brian, we will have some conversation, she'll say, well, for instance, like, why aren't more things done about, uh, you know, if it's, a, if it's a racial issue or something, we've had conversations, well, Faith, the Christian faith, has specifically dictated a lot of motive for change, whether it's William Wilberforce, whether it's Jackie Robinson sure. and Branch Rickey, all those kind of things. I think those are great conversations to have because I think people neglect the input that Christian thought and mm-hmm. has, has had to those things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and, and should Brian continue that. One of the things I appreciate about Brian, he's talked often about the the need to step into somebody's shoes yes. and yeah. kind of walk, you know, kind of understand who they are. He talked yeah. last time about a homeless guy who was outside a, a business that he managed. And I would say... From a Christian standpoint, if we believe the Bible, then that is inherently a Christian idea. Because yes. the incarnation was Jesus stepping into humanity. Correct. Not, I mean, he could have like done a drive-through redemption, right? right. Where he was like on <laughs> earth for 20 minutes and like, right. okay, we're done. Yeah. But he came as a man, yeah. not only to show us what God is like, not only to be qualified to be redeemer, but I think also to, to give us a model of what incarnating ourselves towards others looks like. To, yes. to actually step into their shoes. And so I think that's a, a fundamentally Christian idea that unfortunately, seems to be lost in a lot of Christianity. Yeah. And, and, back to that. and I love that. I love that idea because Jesus, Jesus stepped into a Jewish Middle Eastern context that mm-hmm. that that translates to yes. my uh, Western American context, but that's because Jesus is is able to do that. His truth is, is transcendent of culture in that reality, but um, I think the fact that it transcends, like, kind of tells you something that it, it isn't just stuck to this one ethnocentric worldview. Yes, even though that's kind of what the what the Jewish people wanted it to be there, sure. but that it, 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 Jesus was making the point that well, one, it's always been bigger than this, or yeah, bigger right. than this ethnocentric people group. Christ um, was both transcendent and contextualized. Yes, right? and as yes. much as he's the God Man, now obviously we can't do that because we're not no. God people. But no. I have transcended. Although truth. you have tried it. I've tried that. That failed. Yeah, man. I should not I remember have that. that roof. Yeah, <laughs> we have transcendent truth, and we become the contextual vehicle. Yes. Through it. Now, I do want yeah. to push back on something you said. You said go ahead, Jesus, push back. Oh, here comes the pushback. Jesus was Middle Eastern. I've seen pictures, and he's blonde hair, blue eyed. So I just, I just. That's only on my fridge. I just I think <laughs> that's only the one that's on my fridge. So to make sure we're clear on yeah. that. You, you should, uh, you should ask them for those photos and then throw them in the nearest dumpster. Put <laughs> them on fire where they deserve. Fantastic. We got to wrap up because Dan has to go. Uh, I have an audition to, to not get. So I have to go yeah, see, be rejected that, as usually happens. I think you need to read your own book, <laughs> Little Wayne and Liquor. That's right. <laughs> or alcohol, whatever it was. <laughs> oh my gosh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Barry, thank you. And please, will you come back? And I will come back. Have more conversations. Would love to do it. Well, in two minutes, can you leave us with, just give us an encouragement about how to undo ethnocentrism as, yeah. as Christians? Yeah. Um, I have a, a little acronym I like to talk about, and the acronym is Lean In. And I, I, the first of it is Listen. Um, and then the second is educate. Um, the A is adjust. If you actually are educated, you might have to adjust your thinking. Um, and then for believers, I think the, the reality that, that people are, are different. There's a, there's a new man reality to, to other believers. Um, and then the I is um, intentionally have conversations about race, about ethnocentric type of things, um, and then normalize it. If you don't talk about it, it's not going to go away. Um, and just make it a normal thing that you're always trying to push through and understand. And so um, I think 
my encouragement would be to lean into some, maybe some awkward or harder conversations with people to um, uh, understand how you can better in, engage them or care for them. We would put that on our website if we had one, but that was amazing. Thank but you. we will someday when we have it. Thanks for being with us. We're going to have Barry back to continue this conversation. Obviously, this was quick. There's a lot more to talk about, but thanks for making the time to come over here. Absolutely. Uh, Lord willing, we'll have Brian here next time if his cat's well. We need to talk about justice like we said we would. Exactly. We're going to continue our conversation with justice. I would remind you, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, Either one would be great. Or both. Or both, so we can uh, broaden our audience for Christianese. This was uh, HodgePodge, but thanks for listening. We're going to go douse ourselves with water so we can get home without burning. Thanks for listening.